my name is Mike Robles. I'm the Director of Communication for the California Community College Athletic Association. So what drove your interest to serve on the COSIDA Board of Directors? This was actually my second stint on the, on the board. I actually was on the board back in 2003 for a year. I was asked to fill a vacancy at that time. And, and so I, I was, uh, I still consider myself really green when it comes to that, to that kind of uh, leadership, but it was a great opportunity for me to learn. And Alan Cannon at Texas A&M was the president. So I got to learn from some good people, but to be honest with you, I was intimidated back then because these, a lot of them were these legendary SIDs that I had just heard about and seen at the conference or the convention. And I was a little intimidated to get too involved, especially with just kind of a, a one-year appointment. But I, I learned a lot. Um, I had been asked a couple other times later on to apply for the board or the officer rotation, but um, either I wasn't, I didn't feel I was ready for that kind of a role yet. And I also was was very involved with my job uh, at the time and, and um, didn't feel I could give it all that I had. Um, this time around, uh, past president Judy Wilson emailed me and asked me if I would be interested in applying for a vacancy that had come up. And I'm in a position now where I'm a little more stable with my, with my job in terms of hours and availability. I felt like I've learned a lot over the years. I have some experience and I felt like I could, I could give something this time around. So I applied and was very fortunate to be, um, to be selected. And honestly, it's been a great two years um, so far, almost two years. Uh, just because I look at the other people on the board and it's almost like an all-star baseball game. You see the best people from their areas or their prof the profession coming together. And I don't necessarily include myself in that position per se, but, but I'm able to see everybody else. So you're getting all these all-stars with their leadership skills coming to benefit the entire organization. And I just find that really a great learning experience for me. Um, you know, um, Sam Atkinson last year was a, a tremendous president and Cindy Potter this year is a is a great president as well. And they bring different styles. You know, Sam was Sam, I think, is I never got the impression Sam could be rattled. There didn't, never seemed to be a situation or a, a decision that was too big for him that he couldn't handle. And I really admired that. And, and with Cindy, boy, you better come ready to the meetings with Cindy because she's she'll let you know. And, and I always feel like. I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to, I'm going to research because you know, she's going to call on you and she tells you that. And I don't, I love that. I love that about getting people involved because you, you get to everybody's viewpoint. So to be involved with the board this time around, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really thrilled. I think it's a great experience for me. Um, even though I'm, as I say in my, to my friends, and if my career was a home run trot, I'm currently rounding third and heading for home. That's how far, you know, I'm, I'm getting close to, you know, retirement, but I still have things to learn. And, and being a part of this has been a great couple of years. I'm, I'm sorry that's going to come to an end this summer, but I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for sharing that. What are you most thankful for in the sports information industry? Probably a couple of things. Number one are, are the people that I've met. Um, in this profession, a lot of it's not always what you know, it's who you know. And that's in terms of getting things done and getting, getting what, what you need. And for a long part of my life, because I was so living my job, I mean, I was, it was basically my, it was defined to me with my, with my job, my career. Most of the people I knew were in the profession. And 
other schools, other SIDs at other schools in my conferences or um, in my in my own school itself. And I'm really thankful that I got to meet and been a part of so many people that have become great friends over the years, people that have been around for 25, 30 years that I still uh, I see all the time or talk to all the time. And and they've moved from being just kind of work colleagues or or career colleagues to being true friends. And this profession has opened up that whole world to me. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Um, and I'm also thankful for all the opportunities that the, that the, the job has, has provided me. I got so many friends, my brother in particular, but a lot of friends who were just jealous that, wait a minute, you get to go work an NCAA basketball game, like the tournament, to see me on press road near midcourt keeping stats. And people at home are, are saying, oh, my gosh, you're there? How thrilling is that? Or working at, um, I worked at a couple Olympic track and field trials um, at Sacramento State over the years, and just being around all those world class athletes and coaches and, and people, and and all the events through the years that I've had the opportunity to work, that are just a byproduct of what I do every day. To me, that is so thankful because a lot of times people only get to see those things on TV. They don't know what it's like to be there. And it's funny because I, I know I used to work. The Sacramento Kings are obviously in our town here. And, and for a while I was working a lot of their games doing stats or working with ESPN or TBS, whoever came into town. And it was a, to a point where I was either sitting at the scores table watching the game, or if I went as a fan, I sat in the bleed seats for $10 because that's all I could afford. I never got to sit on the middle seats. You know, I was always, it was either right there or way up top. And that's just kind of been the life of an SID, you know, and, and I'm thankful for, for those two things, really, it's been it's been a blessing. I couldn't agree more. Um, what do you feel passionate about in life? My family, uh, first and foremost. Um, you know, my my wife and my son. They're they're the most important things to me. Um, and I, if I tell anybody anywhere in this profession, um, family comes first. And when I had a staff of of four people, the four of us. Um, that was my number one direction to them. Take care of your family first. If it means that you need me to come do this for you at a game or cover a game for you because you're going to miss your son's or daughter's events at school, or if you have something coming up with your family, you have to be home. And that's, that's always the priority. You know, we'll find a way to cover things. And um, otherwise this, this profession can really eat you up if you let it, if you, if you let that, to, let that to happen too much to you. So um, I'd like to have passion for my family the same way. And making some of the career moves I have has been because of my family. I've never chased the, the big time jobs. I've never chased the top division one power five jobs. That's never been uh, my passion. My passion has been to do what I do well, but, but by and large, I, I focus on my family. Absolutely. I think that's a top priority for most people. Absolutely. So what are some of your items on your bucket list, whether it's traveling or certain sporting <laughs> events? My, my wife and I joke that probably the bucket list that we, that we both have on our list right now is retirement. Um, and not because I, I want to, I don't want to work anymore. It's because I want to do other things as well. Um, but you know, that, that kind of, that's not always the, the fun, the, the most fun answer in the world. Uh, but my, uh, I guess my other bucket lists are to, to go overseas, to go to Europe at some point and then travel around. Italy is a, a particular place that I would love to visit, not just for the, 
the scenery, but the food and the history. Um, and luckily I have some family that wants to go as well. So we're looking, looking to do that. Um, go back to Hawaii. I always like to do that. That's always just a great place to relax. So traveling's up there. Um, I would like to, I, I, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. And I should say I'm a long-suffering Minnesota Vikings fan. And one of my bucket lists, or two of my bucket lists, are first of all to go see a game in Minneapolis, um, watch them play there. And then also the other one is to go watch them play the Packers at Lambeau. Um, when, it's, when it's driving rain or driving freezing snow out there, that's one of my, my bucket list items. And I've already told my wife that it's going to happen, and we're going to pack up and go in the middle of December up to, up to Green Bay to see the Vikings play. And so uh, if I get to do those things, um, I'd be very happy. So what's something that COSADA membership doesn't know that makes board membership so rewarding? I think it's the opportunity to not only contribute, but to learn. And um, like I alluded to before, I didn't realize how much I was going to learn in this, in these two years. I was, at first I was a little bit, apprehensive about what am I going to be able to contribute? But what I have found is that when it comes to the board, there is no division one and there's no two-year college per se. Everyone is the same and everyone is respected the same and everyone is treated the same. Um, and to me, that has been extremely valuable because um, there are some power five SIDs on the board and to hear them ask me as a two-year college representative uh, or two-year college member what my thoughts are on something that may not involve my area directly. To me, that's, that's, um, that's rewarding. So uh, yeah, I think if anybody wants to be a part of the board, it's realizing that when you come on the board, you are treated like everybody else. You are expected to be um, expected to contribute as anybody else, no matter where you're from or what you do. And to be ready to, to give the organization um, what you can bring to the organization, what skills you can bring, what leadership you can bring. Everyone has different experiences. Everyone has different qualifications. And um, they're all going to benefit COSIDA if, um, um, if you give yourself the chance. So um, I would encourage anybody to be involved. Absolutely. I think, I think many members could benefit from more involvement. And that leads me to the next question. Um, what's your biggest challenge as it relates to the profession now and in the future? Um, in, my, in my current position, like what am I doing, what I'm doing now type of thing? Is that kind of just the industry as the sports the industry. industry as a whole? I, I think the biggest challenges for the, for me in this industry are just adapting, um, seeing the new things that are coming about and being able to utilize them to the level that um, uh, that can be effective in my world. You know, when I started off in, in sports information back in the late 1980s, um, you know, we were keeping stats. Everything was kept by hand, you know, during games. And we had stat crews with pens and pencils and worksheets and all these different types of things and very, very little computer work. And I, I've seen the transition all the way through the years to where we are now. And I've been trying to keep up and I think I've done a pretty decent job of being able to keep up, but there's so much more out there. And so I think two things, one, being able to adapt to all those changes that come about and use them effectively, 
but also to prioritize them versus all the things you've been doing in the past, because we have to learn that just because something comes along that might be newer and better um, doesn't mean we have to add it without taking something else off our plate. Otherwise the plate becomes over, over, overfilled and nothing gets done. So not only learning to adapt, but also learning how to um, put the priority on it as, to what you already do. I mean, I'm, I don't do pan stats anymore, but I can do them if we need to, if computers break. But there's a lot of things we did back in the 80s and 90s that um, I had to put aside because there's, there's different ways of doing it now. If, there, if you could change one thing about working in, the, in an athletic communication office, uh, what would it be? I used to say it's the hours. You know, I think everybody, every SID would probably say it's, it's love to change the hours. Um, but if I think about it now in general, I think the one thing I would love to see is the, is the SID respected for the expertise they bring to the, bring to the role, bring to the job. Um, you know, it's a very uh, sports information or athletic communications is a very narrow field in terms of its focus, but the skills that go into it are the same skills that are used across campus at other news public uh, information offices, public relations offices. But sometimes when, when something comes up involving athletics that requires that PR or strategic communication approach, a lot of times um, the higher ups in athletics go to the people on campus that are, are more, I guess you can say, that's more directly their job without really looking in house and saying, wait a minute, I have a person in my office or a staff in my office that knows this stuff too. What I found over the years is when that would happen, probably 80% of the time, the campus folks would come back to me and ask me how, to, how I think I should, we should handle it. Because they realize that, A, I deal with the media people that, that are pursuing the story. I know, this, I know the world of athletics. I know where the questions are going to come from. I know what, how to answer those questions. Um, and so realizing, so having, you know, having people realize that you have experts on your, in your department that can handle these situations, that's the kind of respect I think we've been fighting for for a long time. I think we're getting there, getting that seat at the table, as they say. But I really think that that's what I would love to see change. And the challenge I see ahead of us is, is keep building that so that we can, uh, we can truly uh, use the expertise to the benefit of the, of the department of the program. Absolutely. Um, can you tell us something that few people know about you? Ah, hmm. uh, well, I guess the, I guess the, uh, the one that um, my wife sometimes laughs about is I have an insane knowledge of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I grew up with the Brady Bunch. I've seen every episode of the Brady Bunch 10 times over, 10, 100 times over. Um, and my, in college, my, my roommates and I used to have a contest where if you watch the Brady Bunch, the opening scene is always of the house, generally. It's almost always of the house. Mm-hmm. And we would have contests and we would, we would have bets and things. Who could identify the plot? of the episode the quickest just by looking at that house and then seeing that first split second of what's on coming on next. And we would have great battles of that in college doing that. So uh, I could do that with that show. I could do it with cheers. Those are my, my two go-tos. Um, but that's, I don't know. This is something that's really interesting about my, my background, but the other thing is, I guess people may not know is I don't live and breathe sports. 
You know, I grew up a sports fan. I'm obviously very involved with sports, but at the end of the day, I don't turn on ESPN. I don't turn on, I mean, if there's a game I want to watch, I can't sit through a whole game generally, even if it's my favorite team sometimes, but I can, uh, I too, I watch other things. I love comedy. I, I, I love watching comedy. I love listening to comedy. I love all things comedy. I love news stories. Things like 60 minutes seems investigative news stories. I love that kind of stuff and not sports related, just good, hard news. And so um, my life away from my job is not always sports related. Um, people always think I just live and breathe that, but I don't, not at all. Yeah, I would say a lot of us live and breathe sports. So that's definitely something that's unique. Uh, when when I'm away from work, I'm watching some type of game or when I'm watching my favorite TV shows, most of them have some type of involvement in sports, whether it's All-American or Last Chance U. If you've heard oh, of yeah. those. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy those things and I, I just don't necessarily seek them out all the time. Um, you know, I'm a Dodger fan. So if the Dodgers are on, you know, I may, I may watch, especially in the playoff, I'll watch the whole game pretty much. Um, yeah. If the Vikings are playing, depending on what's going on, I'll, I'll watch a lot of that game, but I can't just turn on, I'll watch Sunday Super Bowl. I'll watch that. Um, but even then I'd be like, you know, when it's over, if it gets if it gets boring, I'm gonna fall asleep on the couch. You know, it's just not something I I do. But don't kind of like that Rams Patriots Super Bowl. What's that? It's like kind of like that Rams Patriots Super Bowl a couple of years ago. That one's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a Rams fan. I mean, I'm a Vikings fan, but I grew up a Rams fan as well. So I want them to win. And I got a, a friend of mine's a coach in the team, so one of my former players from my school. So I'm hoping for him as well. So. Oh yeah. And uh, to, to finish things off, uh, how would your best friend describe you in four words or less? Mike is very sar- sarcastic. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, you know, I like to have fun, you know, and, and I was, you know, jo- I was conducting job interviews this morning with my, with our staff. And um, I made a joke to the candidate about something with his background and, and my, my boss said, as you can tell, Mike is the comedian of our operation, you know, and I just like to have fun. You know, I don't make fun of people, but I like to, I like to have fun. And, um, you know, my, my dad was a very humorous person. And to me, humor is what gets me through. I, I, I deal with anxiety. I have anxiety issues and humor is my way to help me deal with a lot of that just because it helps calm me and helps me. It just helps me spin things to a positive nature. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think sar- sarcasm is part of that. My wife might agree with that too. <laughs> I, I, I can't agree more. If you're not having fun in this industry, uh, you're probably in the wrong industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you for your time uh, for joining me on this episode of executive session. Brent, I appreciate it very much. It was, it was a pleasure to talk to you today.